Hello everyone, welcome back to the show. My guest today is Kevin Palmieri. He's a podcaster, a podcasting coach, speaker, and a consultant. I absolutely love our conversation and the energy because Kevin has a great attitude and our talk was incredible. Expect to learn how to become a legit coach in this business, what really matters if you want to get to the top, and Kevin's advice if you are speaking on stage tomorrow and it's your first time, and of course, much more. Before we start, however, I just want to mention my newsletter. Would you mind getting a short email from me that is packed with goodies, value, and a bunch of cool stuff I recently learned? Easy to sign up, easy to cancel, and absolutely free, with a bonus of only 5 minutes of reading time. So, if you'd like to receive value for free, go to todetop.how slash newsletter. Again, that's todetop.how slash newsletter. But now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kevin Palmieri. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing? I am doing very well, my friend. I am grateful for the opportunity to chat and curious to see where our conversation will take us. Great. Me too. So, busy week so far? So far, it has been a busy week. We are recording this two days before Thanksgiving in the U.S., so this oh, will actually yeah. be, all things considered, an easy week since I'm not working on Thanksgiving. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I get it. So, um, do you plan a lot of things on Thanksgiving? I eat a lot of food for sure. That's <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I eat a lot of food. I spend time with family, and I try to practice gratitude a little bit more than I try to practice gratitude every other day. Great thing. And what are you currently working on in your business? Oh my goodness, we we're working on scaling a bunch of a bunch of different things. We have a podcast production company. We have a social media team that we're building. So right now it's just focused on how do we make sure our systems are working really well and how do we continue to scale while also making sure we never miss an episode ourselves because we do seven episodes a week. So there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. Great. And so could you briefly explain to the audience, what are you doing in your business? Yeah. So we have a podcast where we do an episode every single day, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And our goal with that is to help people level up their life, their love, their health, and their wealth. So it's called Next Level University. Underneath that, for our audience, we have one-on-one -on -one coaching, we have group coaching, we have free courses, paid courses, free virtual events, paid in-person events. We have all sorts of different stuff to help people. That's our, our ultimate goal. And then within the business, catered to other people who want to grow and scale their own businesses. We have a podcast production agency. We have a social media agency. We have a bunch of other stuff. So it really, it's grown way differently than I expected. I never expected to have a lot of the stuff that we have, but it got to the point where we saw the need in the market and we already had the system. So we figured if people want help, we can help them. And it's worked really, really nicely. Yeah, so just full on on helping people grow their social, social presence everything. Social presence and personal presence, oh, right? Yeah. If, if you want to be a successful quote-unquote human, I think it all starts with the, the person inside, the, the soul, the spirit, the whatever yes. you want to consider it. Exactly, exactly. And when was it that you decided to start a podcast and why? I was 26 years old. I had made the most money I had ever made in my entire life. And I assumed that making more money was going to make me feel way better about myself. And for me, that just wasn't the case. So I remember having a conversation with myself. I remember thinking that for most of my life, I'd lived unconsciously. I'm just going through the motions. I don't know why I'm really doing what I'm doing. I don't really know what I want 
truly out of life, the opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. Mm -hmm. So I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. I just I wanted to be aware. I wanted to I wanted to have conversations with people that really mattered. I really wanted to dig below the surface. So in the beginning, I just I had a passion for having deep conversations and podcasting was kind of up and coming in 2017. So for me, it made sense to have it. And that is why I started. I started because I wanted to have deep conversations with deep people. Great. And you said you made a lot of money when you were 26. How, how did you make this money? <laughs> I was in an industry called weatherization. Okay. So what is it? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most people, I, I most people don't know. Bio. Yeah. Um, we would go into large buildings, usually government buildings or state owned buildings. So the majority of the time I was working in schools and it was our job to make the buildings more energy efficient. So we would work in the attics. We would work above the drop ceilings. We do stuff with the windows, the doors. That is why I made money as much money as I did because we were working on state and government contracts. Yeah. So it also required me to spend 10 months living on the road because a lot of our contracts were in other states. So I spent a lot of time in sketchy, gross, disgusting hotels over the 10 months where I made the most money. Wow. <laughs> How did you manage that? Because not a lot of people do it. Yeah, I, I was motivated by the money. I, I enjoyed the traveling at times. It was different. I enjoyed being in a different state or a different town. There was a lot of variety. I wasn't going to the same office every day doing the same job. I was working in different places, doing different things, working with different people, working different shifts. So I actually enjoyed it in the beginning. In the beginning, I enjoyed it very much. As I continued to do it, it definitely started to, to wear on me more and more, but I was focused mostly on the money. I thought, if I make as much money as possible, it'll it'll all be worth it ultimately. And that just was not that was not the case in the end, is what I realized. Yeah, well, a lot of people realize that. Like, like, Unfortunately, reading, yeah. Reading the books, listening to the stories, like, is the ultimate sort of realization. Yeah. And well, I saw that you have over fifteen hundred episodes under your belt, and you said you're doing them every day, <laughs> every mm. week. And so, how do you manage to become consistent with that? Yeah, it's I, a lot of it's about the systems. Right. So for us, Monday, we, my Monday, you cannot get a hold of me. So if you were trying to book a podcast with me, Monday would be completely blocked off. Every single Monday is because we block that off so we can record seven episodes. Because the thought is the rest of the week is out of my control. A lot of stuff is going to change. Things are going to get booked. Who knows what's going to happen? But if that Monday is blocked off every single week from now to the end of the time, at least it gives us the opportunity and the option to make sure we're getting the most important stuff done. But for most of us, I think we need accountability and we need necessity. So the accountability is I have a business partner, which I'm super grateful for, because if I don't want to do an interview, if I don't want to do an episode, it doesn't really matter because he's there waiting for me and vice versa. So if you can have someone that you're building it with, it makes the accountability way easier. That's part one. I love stating publicly that we do seven episodes a week and we'll never miss because I like the public accountability. I'm going to feel really bad, Mike, if I miss an episode because I've built my identity on being a consistent human who doesn't miss episodes. So that's part two. And I think you need some level of necessity. Why are we doing this in the first place? If you don't think it'll be worth it, it's really, really hard to be consistent. Imagine someone who plants a seed 
and they water it for a day and then two days and then three and maybe they get to a week and on day number eight they say well nothing's happening I don't think this is going to be worth it. I don't think it's going to grow. I think I'm wasting my time. It's really, really hard to be consistent if you do not believe the outcome will be worth it or if you don't believe you'll actually get the outcome. So I do think necessity, accountability are two big ones, but checking in with why you started it in the first place and what is the proof that you need to see that it would actually be worth it, I think that's a very interesting unique place to look because i think that's one of the reasons a lot of us don't continue something is we just don't believe the result will be worth it yeah i also believe that a lot of entrepreneurs and people starting something they at the beginning they cannot see this point this this one thing this one percent of success that will like boost mm. them towards their goal <laughs> and well it is just a matter of how long you can stay consistent without seeing the success Yes, 100%. It's if you can, I was talking to a client the other day and I said, if you're here in five years, you'll be successful. It just kind of is the way it works. I mean, if you're still here and you're learning and you're growing and you're evolving and you're getting better, five years from today, you'll be way more successful than you are today. But the problem is we only see where we are today and we assume this is how it's going to be forever. Yeah. Unfortunately, I know that was one of the hardest parts of the journey for me. So I definitely agree. Yeah, well, I took a sort of Alex Hormozzi pill on that and <laughs> just quoting yeah. him all the way that, well, you, people overestimate what they can achieve in two years, but underestimate what they can achieve in 10. So. 100%. 100%. I 100% agree with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with so many episodes under your belt, you well, most, mostly have many interesting conversations. So any of them that stand out that you would like to mention here? <laughs> I would say one of the one of the most humbling experiences of the journey for me. So my business partner and I went to the same middle school, elementary school, high school. We grew up in the same town and we used to listen to the same radio station, even though we didn't know it. And it was a radio station called WAAF that was in Boston, Massachusetts. They were, that's where they were stationed out of. And there was this morning show we would listen to. And there was this young lady on there that was always, she just always resonated with me. Her, her name is Danielle Murr. And eventually, I think we were like 24 episodes in or something like that, maybe 30 episodes in, we actually got to go to her house to interview her. Whoa. So this was someone that I listened to on the radio that I very much looked up to. And she invited us over to her house to interview her. And we met her animal. She's a huge animal lover. So it was cool. It was, it was a chance to meet someone that I looked up to. And we ended up becoming friends with her. And she came back on the show later on and she actually worked with us for a time as a client so that is a really impactful perspective for me to look back on somebody that i looked up to that seemed like well was a local celebrity ended up becoming a friend because of the mission because we kept going because we were around in five years because they enjoyed what we were doing and they believed in in what we were doing so that's always one that's always hit me really close to home so much in fact mike after we interviewed her we left her house and we went to this beach that was on the way home. And I was literally just crying because I couldn't believe what just happened. It was so surreal for me. I never believed that was going to happen. So that's that was a very cool moment for me. Well, I totally get it. And well, I also have this sort of imagination that one day maybe I will be on Joe Rogan or Chris, Will Chris Williamson's. Uh, he's mm -hmm. my favorite podcaster all the time, honestly. Mm. And just imagining it and it sort of keeps me moving forward when I have a bad day and I don't want to record, I want to edit, I don't want to do anything. But this feeling of just keep moving forward, <laughs> don't give up. Yeah, little by little, Yeah, little by little. 
Exactly. And do you remember your first episode, your first podcast? I yeah, my first podcast ever. I interviewed my business partner. Well, actually, it was that was my second. The first one was by myself. Yeah. The first episode was like a trailer where I talked about this is the hyperconscious podcast. This is what we're going to talk about. I'm sure it was absolutely terrible. There probably wasn't a lot of value in it, but that was my first quote unquote episode. And then my first interview, I actually interviewed Alan, who later went on to be uh, the co-host and then my business partner as well. Right. Well, I also have a uh, sort of trailer episode at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. And well, you're also a stage speaker, so you speak a lot on stage and everywhere. And do you remember your first time speaking on stage? <laughs> the, my first time speaking, yeah. I was not even on a stage. I was on the floor. Oh. There was no stage. <laughs> oh. Okay. And I was sweating through my clothes, Mike. I was so nervous. I didn't know what I was doing. I thought everybody was going to hate me. I was, I've listened. We try to review our stuff. So we listen to our episodes. We watch our speeches back. And I was shaking so bad you could hear it in my voice. You could just hear the fact that I was shaking. So yes, I remember it very well. I was terrified. It went a lot better than I expected, which I'm very, very grateful for. And I definitely learned a lot of lessons that I didn't necessarily expect to learn from that speech. Great. And if someone listening to this podcast has a speech tomorrow and it's his first time, it's sort of popping a cherry. What what advice would you give to him or her? I I gave this advice to somebody at a wedding recently. Oh. There was the one of the maid of honors was at my table and she was speaking. And I said, look, nobody knows what you're going to say. So you, technically you can't say it wrong. Don't beat yourself up for having to stay on your script when nobody else has any idea what is on that piece of paper. Nobody else has any idea what you're supposed to say word for word. Don't box yourself in. Allow yourself to freestyle a little bit. And remember, the audience has no idea. They have no clue. They've never heard you speak before. They don't know what you're going to say. That would be my advice. Because I think we beat ourselves up more than other people do. We... We think to ourselves, well, I really wanted to say this and this and this and this. Oh, I can't believe I forgot to say this. Nobody else knows you were going to say that. So it's probably not as big a deal as you think it is. Yeah, well, well uh, I was speaking to Robert Indris uh, last week, and he just told me that all of stress is self-made. That's fair. It's fair. Yeah. I think we, yeah, we make it more stressful than it has to be. And I do too. I'm still, I've done a lot of podcast episodes and I've done a lot of speeches. I'm still afraid of speaking on stage for sure. It's different. It's a different energy. You're way more vulnerable. People can see you in real time. But I always try to think that to myself of, look, nobody knows what I'm going to say. If I mess up, nobody really knows. I'll know more than anybody else will. And then the other thing too is just try to connect with people. Just remember, these are real people in the audience who you know, get off stage and go shake hands with somebody. Make sure you're you're really treating each person like a person because at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's it's just a personal relationship with each person in the audience. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have never spoken on stage, but well, my first podcast also was, um, I was stressing a lot, even though nobody listened to it, of course. <laughs> and I was losing my breath a lot, but then I mm. sort of realized how to cope with that. But, but yeah, and was also another hormosy pill, pill here. Um, that, well, you're doing something the first time, you're obviously stressful, but would you be as stressed as you are right now if it was your thousandth time? Well, no. So, right. so you can, you can be, you can not be stressed right now also. Mm-hmm. And well, you offer a lot of services in your business. So could you tell us, um, what, 
of the beginnings of your business and how it evolved over time? I, we were probably like two and a half years in and I was broke and I was like $35,000 in credit card debt, $30,000. I don't remember. I was in debt a lot more than I wanted to be. And I went to my business partner. And I said, Hey man, I got to start making money. I don't, what are we doing here? Right. We're not making any money with a business. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. This is like kind of sucky. And he said, well, you should start coaching for free. And I said, I don't think you understand what I said. I need to start making money. I know, I know you want me to do stuff for free. I need to start making money. And he said, well, we are a self-improvement podcast turning into a self-improvement company. If you're going to coach people, you have to prove to yourself, number one, that you can coach. Number two, you have to build a reputation because nobody has ever been coached by you because you've never coached. And three, you have to see if you even like it and if you're good at it. So in the very beginning, Mike, I found five people who listened to the podcast. I sent them all messages and I said, hey, I'm going to start doing coaching. I've never done it before. So it's just kind of beta testing. Let's do eight weeks or let's do two months or I think it was two months, eight weeks. And it's totally free. There's no pressure. You don't have to sign up. Just let's just do it and see what happens. And I coached everybody for eight weeks on, I guess at the time it was, it was probably considered life coaching, but we talk about relationships. We would talk about productivity. We talk about mindset. And then when I got to the end of the eight weeks, I asked everybody if they wanted to continue as a paid client and everybody said yes. So I went from making $0 to $50. I was making $50 an hour in the very beginning as a mindset coach. And then from there, we got more clients and more opportunities. So that was the very beginning, coaching five people for free for eight weeks and then saying, what do you think of $50 per call? Yeah, well, great beginnings. And I think a lot of people should start like that because at the beginning, you have no clue, no matter how many right. books you've read, how many courses you've <laughs> been through, that you really don't know what you're doing. And yeah. I had the same experience with doing paid ads because I had an agency before and also didn't know what I was doing. But then I well, started doing it for free and started doing it also for myself just to practice. And then it's about, well, I got some experience and I, I actually knew what I was doing. So mm. That's way. the way. That's yeah. the, the way to do it. It, it's very, you have to have a lot of humility to do something for free because it, it, I mean, it, it can feel bad. It can feel bad when someone says, oh, you're, you're a coach now. How's that going? Oh, it's going really well. I have five clients, but I'm not making any money. That it's, it's really hard. It can be really hard to, to swallow that. So, but to your point, you don't even know if you're good, yeah. right? You, you don't know if anybody's ever going to pay you unless you go get some experience under your wings. So yeah, it worked really well. And I always... I always tell people do stuff for free in the beginning. It's just as important for you to build, <clears throat> excuse me, for you to build belief in yourself as it is for other people to believe in what you're doing. Exactly. Did you have any mentors on your journey? We've had a lot of mentors. Yeah, we've had we've had peak performance partners, we've had people that we masterminded with. My biggest mentor has been my business partner, for sure. Him oh. and I have talked. Yeah, I'm I'm blessed. I'm very blessed to have somebody who understands self-improvement and understands business and understands productivity, understands speaking and communicating. So he's been the biggest mentor because I've had the opportunity to talk to him every single day for the last seven years. And he still, still coaches me. We still have bi-weekly coaching calls where we connect on Zoom. And I, I mean, I talk to him every day, but we have set aside an hour every other week where he coaches me and he says, what's working, what's not, what do you need to be doing more of, what do you need to be doing less of. So I would say he's been the most valuable, most aligned, most beneficial 
mentor I've had. That is great. Yes. <laughs> and, well, communication is ex extremely important. I will yes, learn, yes. learn that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And well, maybe some questions about the industry right now. So sure. as, a, as a podcaster, so how do you think, well, podcasting evolved in recent years? I think in the beginning, it's just like any industry, I think, mm -hmm. it was easier to succeed. I think back in the day, like I started in 2017. So I think we went from 1,000 downloads our first year to 24,000 our second year. That's a, a very high level of growth. And we weren't doing, I mean, we were working really hard, but it's different now than it used to be. Social media was different. Social media is not as easy as it once was. So honestly, I think the industry has gotten drastically harder and you have to do a lot more time intensive things to add value to your audience. It used to work really well just to record a podcast episode and then just repurpose the content and that would help your social media grow or bring people. It still works, but not nearly to the degree it used to. So I think it's made everything a little bit harder and it's made it so you have to treat each layer of your business as its own business. So you have to treat social media like it's its own business and you have to do custom content for social media, custom content for the podcast, and then figuring out what are the layers under that that you need. So simple answer, I think it's gotten more challenging over the last few years. Yeah, there's a lot more people doing it, but I do believe social media has changed. Everything has changed. Technology has changed all of our lives. So that's one thing. And then I would also say it's gotten drastically easier to start. I think it's gotten drastically harder to succeed, but much easier to start because the barrier to entry, you pay $12 a month for a host. You can literally record on your cell phone if you want, and you're off to the races. The failure rate has increased dramatically because the barrier of entry is much lower. So yeah, it's harder to succeed than ever, I would say. It's easier to start than ever. Yeah, well, I saw statistics once that um, podcast that um, reaches 10 episodes is in around top 20%, and the one that reaches 21 episodes is in top one. <laughs> People <laughs> give up so easily. Yes, yep, most most make it 7 to 21. It's between 7 to 21 episodes is usually the, that's kind of the make it or break it zone. Yeah, well, so with you, I will be on around 16th right now. <laughs> You're on your way, my friend. Yeah, You're on your way. way. Right. I don't really treat it as even a job or something hard to do because it's so great. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes it easier, right? It makes yeah, it it makes course. it more worth it. Of course. And with all that competition with you, so how do you stay ahead? I mean, I don't really focus on competition because at the end of the day, I can only really control what we do. So we just try to be wildly consistent, right? I am willing to suffer at a pretty high level. That's a big a big piece of it. I'm not doing this so I can work less. I'm doing this so I can impact more. I really, really genuinely am. That's that's why I'm doing this. So that's that's one piece is for us, it's about impact. That's I think that separates us from a lot of people. The second thing is we know our audience really, really well. So we're always trying to figure out who are we speaking to? What are their problems that we can help them solve? What are the buzzwords that they'll click on? We're always trying to figure out how do we serve our audience at a deeper level? So that's a big one. And then I think the third one is we really, really practice what we preach. I try, I'm, I've been struggling lately because there's just been so many things going on, but I try to review every single one of our episodes to make sure I'm getting better as a communicator, to make sure my stories are landing, to make sure it's valuable. I try to make sure that I'm actually walking 
my talk in my day-to-day -day life. So, and I think that that sets us apart as well. If I'm going to talk about life, love, health, and wealth, I better be working on my life through my health, wealth, and love. And that is something that I'm trying to do every day. So I think that separates us. And if you pair that with the extreme consistency that we practice, I would say that's our one of our unique advantages. Right. There's sort of well, well input always equals output in every, mm. every, yeah. whatever you yeah. do. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And your second point about the audience and the community, I believe it's very important to well, be involved in that, to build it. And if you have any tools and well, maybe advice on how to build communities and how to engage with the community so well, you grow it and people actually well, get more value from you. Yeah, yeah. One of my one of the things I always say is in the beginning, uh, mostly our audiences are usually us five years ago. That's just who it tends to be. That's what I've seen. But there's usually a common wound. So our audience, if they're anything like I was in the beginning, they have lower self-worth. I struggled with self-worth and I struggled with self-belief. That was who I was at the beginning of this journey. I believe we attract who we are in the beginning. And then we can help those people more and more and more and more. So what I always suggest is if you're posting on social media, which you should be because it'll be beneficial, and you're also posting on your stories, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, go through who's watching your story and start conversations with them because you never know somebody might self-identify as a podcast listener. So say I see Mike watching my story and I just shoot Mike a message and say, hey, buddy, I hope you're well. What's new? You might say, hey, Kev, I've been listening to your podcast for the last six months now. I'm a huge fan, whatever. Now I know you're a podcast listener. Now I can look at your profile through our conversation. I can deduce stuff about you. I can ask you questions. We have to get people to self-identify as listeners. And that's why I think it's getting harder than it's ever been, just because it's hard to get people to self-identify. One of the best things you can do is have a Facebook group that has questions and every time somebody enters the Facebook group, they answer questions, and then you know, oh, okay. In the beginning, our one of our questions was, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you believe in yourself? And a lot of people would say 2 or 3. It's like, oh, okay, maybe our audience struggles with confidence. So, yeah, you can create something like that. That's beneficial. But I'm always, I've always been a fan of one-on-one -on -one conversations. It's extremely unscalable, but by definition, it's also extremely valuable. And that's really helped us understand our audience. Okay. Great. Well, I need to set up the group. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort, but in the long run, right? It's one of those things where I always ask, I ask people this, where do people go after they listen to your podcast episode? Where are they supposed to go? Because a lot of people will say, well, I want them to work with me. I love that. But the likelihood of that happening is just very, very low. The highest probability is they're going to go somewhere that's not that big of a leap. Maybe a Facebook group or a Discord group or whatever it may be. Your website, that's a lot different than saying, well, I want them to come give me money. So I always go highest probability. That's why a Facebook group is usually what I advise. Some sort of group. It doesn't have to be Facebook. Yeah, a lot of YouTubers and well, popular people right now in the sort of self-improvement space and well, this space are creating communities right now. A lot of them are paid communities because mm. well, they believe it's sort of um, the barrier to entry that filters out the people that well, wouldn't be as valuable to the whole community. Do you agree mm. with that? Uh, I like free. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a big, I'm a big free. Just because for me, so I think of it this way. 
highest probability means let's say there's a hundred people that listen to your podcast and a hundred people who want to join a group highest probability is if it's free more people are probably going to join is my that's just my thinking i would rather have a hundred people in the group than 50 paid people that's my belief because what, so then if we have the, the next conversation of, well, what's the next layer of that business? Maybe it's an email list. Okay, I'd rather have 100 people in the group and then maybe 75 sign up to the email list. So I'm just playing the numbers game of just probability. So I am just a big subscriber to free. But if you want to make a little bit of residual income on the side, yeah, why not do it the other way? There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, I see that point. And being a podcast consultant, what are some common problems that many podcasters struggles with, struggle with? Oh, the big three. Yeah. They have misaligned expectations. So they expect that they're going to be the next Joe Rogan. insert. Joe Rogan, whoever. <laughs> Just insert any name. I'm, I want to be the next. Boom. Yeah. I, I started out with the same thought. And I'm not saying you can't be. But statistically speaking, he is one in seven billion. So the odds of that, again, just playing the numbers, the odds of that are so, so rare. So that's one. Just expectations. Time perspective. The time perspective, understanding that it, it's going to take years, most likely, for you to ever get to a meaningful amount of income from your podcast. I would say those are two really big things. And then the third thing is approach. The approach that we take is dependent on our expectations in our understanding of time, our expectations. So the approach for a lot of people is, I'm gonna try this for a month, two months, six months, a year, and if I don't get results, I'm gonna quit. And I always say to people, imagine if you start a relationship with someone and said, well, if this isn't, if this doesn't work in the next six months, or if it's not the best relationship I've ever had, I'm not gonna put any effort in, but six months from today, if it's not perfect, I'm gonna leave you're probably not going to succeed in many of your relationships. So those are three of the big ones. Audience, getting to know your audience is a huge one. Obviously, monetizing is a big one. Missing episodes is a big one. I would say those are those are really the big ones. Being afraid of being on camera is a common one I experience. There's, there's anonymity when you're just behind the microphone, but when the camera comes on, I know that can be a big barrier to entry for a lot of people who are afraid to see themselves on social media. So yeah, those are some of the big ones I've seen. Okay, I get it. Um, I'm sort of trying to maybe little, um, I'm missing the word, sorry. Um, not really, but well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm evaluating <laughs> myself with what you're talking and I'm safe to say that I am not making these mistakes right now, but who knows? Mm. Well, everything that can happen. Um, you're ahead of the you're ahead of the curve, my friend. <laughs> oh, now, <laughs> but it's still <laughs> the beginning, and everything can happen. Yes. But if, I would say if I'm struggling with anything, it's just it's sometimes hard to be patient. <laughs> yeah, so, understandable. Yeah. It's but it's like that in everything. I think that's why I always go back to why did you start in the first place? When one of the questions I get asked often is why didn't you quit? And honestly, the reason is because I didn't start this for money. I started this for impact and I was having impact. I was, people were messaging me, even if it was only one person a week, I felt like we were making some meaningful progress when it came to impacting people. Then it got to the place where I said, well, this way we're doing it is just not sustainable for my lifestyle. Then we ended up turning it more into a business, but we get to impact people. 
impact is a big piece of the gasoline. Obviously, money is, is important for a business so you can reinvest and grow and all that. But the impact, that's that's what we're after. So always going into, okay, why am I starting this? What result am I actually looking for in the short term that's going to keep me going long enough to get the long-term result I'm after? 100% agree. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And who, in your opinion, should start a podcast? If you can describe the sort of avatar. Oh, man. <laughs> I would say someone who... Someone who is willing to put in a high level of effort. Someone who doesn't think that the podcast is going to be the mechanism of success. So all I mean by that is don't just start a podcast because it's a sexy thing to do. Because at one point, having a YouTube channel was the sexy thing to do. At one point, you know, whatever, being on Vine was the sexy, having a blog, all of that stuff was kind of the sexy thing to do. It doesn't mean you can't win at it. But if you're only starting it because you think it's going to give you a head start on your success, you're probably going to end up disappointed, unfortunately. I think that's why a lot of people quit. So you have to understand the podcast is just like anything else. You're just building a business in a different way. Is If you have that understanding, I think it's good for you. I would say someone who is going to be okay with seeing themselves fail in real time, there's something very humbling about being on a microphone knowing you're messing up but yeah. you have to keep going and it's recorded and if it's live it's live and if it's an interview you feel like your your guest might be judging you that's really challenging if you if you have a really specific idea of who you want to help in what unique way i would say you're a good fit honestly mike i think most people most people would benefit from having a podcast not just from the external results but it teaches you so much about yourself and it forces you to get outside of your comfort zone in ways that maybe you never would. You get to have conversations with people, which is one of the most humbling things in the world. Exactly. If you want to get outside of your comfort zone and you want to come out of your shell, go on podcast interviews. When Mike came into the room, I was singing. I just do that as a, I do that as an icebreaker because I know it can be weird as hell to meet someone for the first time that you've never met and then just record something that the whole world is going to see. So yeah, I think everybody could benefit from having it, but just you can't have a short-term mentality about the results you're going to get and you have to have you have to have a a level of commitment to being honest with yourself about the level of time, energy, effort and focus you're putting in because it's just like anything else. It's going to be harder than you think most likely. Yeah, I love to compare well, podcasting business anything to a gym and the yes. progress in the gym because it's so yes. intertwined. You need to be yes. consistent, you need to push yourself, you need to get out of your comfort zone, you need to iterate and change your workouts because muscles adapt. And it's just sort of profound and deep thinking, I believe, <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> I'm a, I always use it as an analogy, you beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and what are, say, five podcasts that you listen to? So I don't listen to any other podcasts, believe it or oh, not. Okay. Yeah. Only because we do one every single day and I'm trying to review hours to make sure that the quality is up to standard to make sure that I'm getting better as a podcaster. Now, I learn every day. Uh, right now, I'm reading... Oh, my goodness. I don't even remember the name of the book. I've been, I do a lot of... Whether it's <clears throat> business or mindset or relationships, I'm doing a lot of reading on the day-to-day -day through audiobooks. 
but most of my knowledge I do not get from podcasts. And it's it's wild too, Mike, because I have a lot of podcast clients, and a lot of them don't listen to podcasts either. It's a weird thing. I don't. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I started. Just... Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It, <laughs> it's strange. In the beginning, I was listening to Joe Rogan like everybody else, but it just got to the point where I have a half hour a day. If I'm going to learn for a half hour a day, let's just say that's my that's my habit. I'm going to go to some sort of book that I know took years and years and years to write just to get the highest return on my time, is what I would say. Okay. Well, I started the podcast because I was listening to other podcasts. Because well, <laughs> in life, sort of, I understood that I like, I love to even create what I consume, mm. whether it's cooking, videos, podcasting, or anything else. It just yeah. sort of struck me, and well, I started. Um, but believe it or not, I do not really like Joe Rogan <laughs> that much. <laughs> maybe sometimes I listen to him when he has some sort of well, interesting guests that I like. Mm. But well, maybe top five, I would say it's mostly Chris Williamson or Tim Ferriss or Stephen Bartlett, Alex Ramosi, Andrew Huberman. There's sort of, there's this sort of thing. Those are good. That's a, those are a good five. I'm curious. I'm curious yeah. to see in like five years if you'll still be listening as much to other podcasts. Do you re do you review your own? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Okay, all right. <laughs> Trying to improve okay. every day. But <laughs> I, I, I respect it. I respect it. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what will happen in in a few years. I never really... I listened to Joe Rogan in like 2017, 2018. And then once we went from like one episode to two to three, uh, all of my learning was done through books just because it just made more sense to me. But that's the thing too, right? The podcast industry has changed a lot where you have Huberman who's having experts on like every yeah. week, like world-class, the people who write the books. So I think now is a wonderful time to binge podcasts, but it was a little bit different when I started because I was listening to comedy podcasts that weren't really about self-improvement as much as I would be today. Yeah, I get it. Well, Andrew Huberman, Huberman exploded because I believe he had a merit to do what he's doing and to talk about mm. these things because well he's a professor of stanford and he's yeah. interviewing other professors and this is just verified knowledge <laughs> yeah yeah of, because a lot of people try to speak about things they do not understand i didn't even do mm. so. i'm a big fan of huberman yeah he's great and if you could give one piece of advice to young people around 18 to 25 that want to become better and get to the top what would it be i would say from day to day, progress is invisible. From year to year, progress is impossible to miss. So you're doing stuff today that you have no idea how much it's benefiting your future or hurting your future, if it's a negative habit. I would say get wildly specific with what you're doing on the day to day. What are your habits? If I said, what are the, the top five habits that you are investing your time into right now? You might say, you know, one is going to the gym, awesome. Two is drinking. That's nah, probably not as good, right? So just, just get clear on what your habits are because your future is going to be made up of the habits that you're practicing every day. I never understood that. When I was 18 to 25, I was winging it. I had no idea why I was doing what I was doing. Now I understand. And if I went back and told me, I probably wouldn't listen. But yeah, it would be that. The, the stuff that you're doing day to day is creating your future whether you like it or not, you just don't really get to see it until you get to the future, unfortunately. 
yeah, I get it. Or my epiphany, let's say, uh, happened when I was 20, so I'm very grateful for that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty early. Okay, and what was your biggest struggle on your journey, on your podcasting, in your business? Making money? Making money was the biggest struggle for sure. I was someone who never saw myself as an entrepreneur, didn't understand business, didn't understand numbers, didn't understand math. That was really big. And then honestly, imposter syndrome. I had a lot of imposter syndrome. We were interviewing some very, very, very successful people, millionaires, billionaires, and I had no idea how I got here. I didn't feel like I <clears throat> I, I deserved to be interviewing these people. I didn't feel like I belonged. I didn't feel like I was smart enough. I didn't feel good enough. So the external things, the external struggles were getting to be successful. I think that's one of the big ones we all deal with. The internal struggles were feeling like I actually deserved success, feeling like I was good enough, smart enough, feeling like I could get better, feeling like I was valuable. Those were, those were really, really, really challenging times when not only am I losing a business, but I feel like I'm not a valuable human being either. That was a really challenging time. Okay, I understand. And was there a podcast episode that you did that so maybe after or during the podcast that completely changed your perspective about this given subject? Hmm, it's a great question. I wouldn't say about a specific subject, but we did have interviews that we did that never saw the public eye because it. I started to realize that a lot of people are very different when you're interviewing them than they are behind the scenes. So it really changed the way I looked at everything. It changed the way I looked at people where there's a lot of people who on, on social media are one type of person, but when the, the camera or the microphone shuts off, they are completely different. And that, that messed with me for a long time because I, I was trying to figure out what's real and what's fake and what does all this mean? So that changed my perspective on a lot of things. We, we don't have guests on anymore. Oh. That's one of the, one of the big things I think maybe a year or two, a year and a half ago, we stopped having guests on just because we, we got to the place where we realized, I don't really know if I want to highlight other people who I don't really have the time to vet. Okay. I don't have time to read their entire book and go through everything they've done to make sure their advice is actually aligned. That was one of the things that changed me in many, many ways. And I'm not taking it. I mean, we've had some amazing guests and we have friends that are guests now and all that, but there are some interviews that never saw the light of day that nobody knows about that revealed a lot about humanity to us. I understand. This only proves that you care about your audience when you just do that's, not. That's, yeah. 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 That's my goal. It's my job. It's my job to make aligned interviews at the time, but aligned episodes. That is my job, my, my responsibility. Yeah. Exactly. And how do you structure your day? Because, well, you, I see you as a very, very busy guy. And I also see the pictures of your family behind you. And mm. how do you structure your day? Do you have time for everything? Yeah, honestly, truthfully, I don't. I don't have time for everything. I think that is a, that's a good myth to, to start with. Okay. I have a running to-do list that will never end. And eventually it gets to a place where I say, honestly, I'm just going to get rid of that. That's not as important as I thought it was. Can it? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Oh. This is actually more important. So right now, and I'm not saying you should do this if you're out there watching or listening. This is just, this was, this is what works for me. I usually get up at five. First thing I do, 
it's changed. Usually the first thing I do is I go exercise. So I'll either go to the gym or I'll go to jujitsu. What I've been doing lately is I wake up and I come right into the office and I start working. And let's just say I work from 5.15 to 7.45. Then I'll go to the gym or jujitsu. Then I come back, shower, eat. And then from 11 to 6, I am doing this. So I am on interviews. I'm on coaching calls. I'm on team calls, speeches, trainings, whatever it may be. And then usually from 6 to 9, depending on the day, I spend time with my wife. So in the morning, it's fitness slash deep work. The middle of the day is always public-facing, adding value. Hopefully, that's always the goal. And then the nighttime routine is relax, refocus, and relationship. Okay, okay, I get it. I believe I need to all sort of maybe restructure my day because I can see a lot of people that well, are very successful that start the day with the deep work a lot. Mm. But I started yeah. with my exercising because um, well, I go to college and I, lo I know that my local gym that I go to is extremely, extremely crowded in the evening. So I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, mm -hmm. I just changed it. I, I literally, as of, I just started going back to jujitsu like a month ago and there's a 6 a.m. class, but there's also like a 9 a.m. class. And what I found worked really well because so I get hundreds of messages a day because I'm in a bunch of WhatsApp groups for clients and different stuff. Wake up in the morning, batch last night's WhatsApp. So any message that came in after I stopped working, let me batch that. Let me make sure there's no fires going on. Okay, maybe I'll set up my social media for the day, respond to emails, deep work. Then it gets to a place where everything feels caught up. I'll go to the gym. Usually when I get back, things are pretty quiet, which has been really nice. I left jujitsu today at 10 and I didn't have, I don't think I had any more WhatsApp messages or emails that I hadn't responded to. So I feel really good about starting the day so I can hopefully be present with you and then for the next meetings. Yeah, I get it. And what are two questions that people should ask themselves more often? Ooh, 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 ooh. Why? And you can put why in anything. Why am I running from this? Why am I making this excuse? Why am I avoiding this? Why am I not avoiding this? Why am I, why am I doing this habit? Why? Why is huge. I, why is one of my favorite questions ever of all time. And one of my other favorite questions is, what would the best version of me do? I love that question. If you can get to the point where you make a bond with yourself, so for me, I asked myself that question. And it all started from throwing something in the trash and missing. And like the piece of paper, the toilet, uh, the um, paper towel went behind the trash. And in my mind, it was like, well, that's not that big of a deal. I'm just going to leave that. And I said, well, what would the best version of you do? Just go get it. Don't be lazy. It's not that big of a deal. What are we doing here? And that really helped me. I try to ask myself that question every day, every opportunity I can. And here's why. Because I've never not done the thing. So now I have so much, I don't want to break the streak. I've been doing this for years. I don't want to break the streak after all this time. And I don't have to start over. And then I'll have to say on the next podcast, well, I used to say it and then I broke it and I had to start the streak again. There's too many layers. There's too many layers under it. So yeah, why is a really good question. And then what would the best version of you do? Whatever your own unique version of that is. One of my clients 
will literally say, I'm going to do this, and he shakes his hand, like a handshake. Mm -hmm. That's his commitment to himself. So whatever question will further your commitment to yourself, I would say that's a good one too. Great. I asked this question to well, everyone that I interview because I believe that we are our best coaches and th these are the right questions that should get the answer from us. <laughs> mm. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. And what is your one favorite quote from a historical figure or a celebrity or anyone for that matter that helped you in your life the most? Hmm. I don't know where this came from. I, I said it, I, but again, I'm not saying it's my quote i'm sure somebody has said it at some time in the universe your reality becomes the parts of your imagination that you hold on to and pour into the longest the reason i'm so grateful for the life that i have today is when i started this this is what i wanted to achieve and it's what i poured into and i focused on every day my reality is now what i was hoping i mean obviously it's different it's never going to be the same as you as you think but it's because that's what i focused on and i poured into and i believed in for a long period of time i love that quote because you are far more in control of your future than you probably give yourself credit for and for me it's just it's a very empowering quote to recite to hear to write whatever it may be 100 agree kevin i extremely Thank enjoyed you. conversation with you i love your energy and Thank where should people go when they want to find find out more about you uh, yeah, you can just, the podcast is always a great place. You're going to get to know us at a pretty deep level since there's an episode every day. So search Next Level University. We're on all the podcast platforms. We're on YouTube. And then the best place for me would probably be Instagram. So my handle is at neverquitkid. Send me a message. Send me a follow. Anything you need, podcast questions, business questions. Uh, I'm always happy to answer. Great. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. That was a great episode. Thank you, Kevin, again for coming to the podcast. I will link everything in the description. So, ladies and gents, I hope I provided some value to you with this episode. Remember to share this podcast with anyone that would benefit from it. Please also remember that on both Spotify and Apple, you can leave us up to a five-star review. This helps the show tremendously and doesn't cost you anything. Please also subscribe so you do not miss any episodes when they come out. But now, I wish you an incredible rest of the week. Remember to surpass your limits and that winners are made in the darkest of times. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.